It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
everyone. We are excited to be on today. If I could tell you the trouble that we have had in the last two days, I'm in the middle of a hotel in the middle of nowhere. The electricity has gone out two days in a row, so I can't at all charge my phone. And, um, you know, you make do where you have to. Our guests have been so kind to come on. And usually Block Talk Radio is giving us a bit of a problem, but today I have to say it's, you know, be grateful that you can still, um, I guess that we do have mobile phones cause, or, or go back to the old school phone because I tell you, when things happen, computers or anything, it really doesn't matter. So everyone, without further ado, we're going to bring on a Mr. Jay Logan. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hello, I'm doing wonderful. Um, out here in sunny California, we're having an Indian summer. You know, I always bring up the weather all the time. But we're doing pretty good. It's the last little bit of sunshine before the holidays. So, you know, we have our guests on today, Jay. And before we bring them on, because we need to bring them right on, um, we have for today Leora Dude from Goddess on the Go. She's also celebrating her birthday. I'm excited. And then at 1 p.m., we're going to bring on David Cam, who is all, something called Earth Dollar. He deals with everything climate. So we have a really great show today. What I'm most excited about, though, is the fact that you are, you are up on the category for a Grammy Award. Okay, can we say that? We're trying to get you out here nominated and voted for. So everyone, Category 11, Best Instrumentalist, my partner of eight years, I'm Mr. J. Logan for Sunrider Project. Can we say no? <laughs> you know, and oh, the reason why this is a proud moment, a proud, oh, go ahead, Jay, I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I, I'm just, you know, it's, it's surreal, Gail, you know, and me and you have been working so hard, and this is a wonderful opportunity um, for us even to give back to, you know, some of the things that we, me and you are trying to do, you know, as far as, uh, you, know, you know, giving back to the people that's helped us. So, Gail, it's, it's our Grammy. We're going to win this together. <laughs> well, 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 I tell you, you know, we are so excited because we've been working so hard. Everyone, please excuse my voice. Uh, running to get this show on and everything has really been a little bit tiring in the last few, last few days. So and you know how Jay and I are. We keep it very real with everyone. Um, Jay, I'm so proud of you. Uh, my project's coming out with the UN is, uh, shortly with the music project, and we've just been supporting each other for so long. No one knows how long yeah. this work has been done, how many mm. people paid us no mind, or whatever. Yeah. So we've, we've <laughs> gone through a lot. But without further ado, we're going to bring on Miss Liara Dude. And you know we always have fun. She is one of our global advisors, and um, we've had her with us for two years, and for Listen Gives Savoy, and we're just really excited to have her on. So without further ado, we're going to bring on, good afternoon, Miss Leora Adude. How are you? I am doing so good, Goddess Gail. And Mr. J, congratulations. I just heard the news on your Grammy that I feel is going to be coming your way. Congratulations. So excited to start the day off with you both. Thank you, Leora. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, Leora, you personally know how all of us have worked hard, including yourself. I mean, being an entrepreneur is not easy. And a lot of people (laughs) – 
and so many people don't realize. We're going to try to be good because the U.N. is listening in on us, but as they know, we we roll a certain way here. So, you know, it's, it's just so good to have you back on with us and uh, just, you know, we're really happy to have you, Leora. And, Leora, if you don't mind, you know, because of the delay and everything, you know, because we keep it real with our audience. Um, sure. We are very grateful that you are, you know, you and David were able to still come on. And if you don't mind, we'll get right into the show. Is that okay with you? Sure. Absolutely. So, Leora Adu, let's take it way back to the beginning. And before we go in, Leora, we ask that you tailor mm-hmm. each of your answers to the questions so that we don't get all the goodies too fast. Is that okay with you? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because we have a lot to ask you, you know, with what you do. Okay. Uh-oh. So, we're, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> So we're going to take it all the way back, Leora, I mean, to the beginning, okay? Okay. Tell us about where you began as a makeup artist, okay? Mm. And just give us a little bit of tidbits, just a little bit, because we don't want you to tell everything, like I said. Uh, yeah. From a makeup sure. artist to where you are as goddess on the go. Like, how did all this start and happen? Mm. So it's funny, Gail. I moved here from Detroit Um like 15 and a half years ago, came out here for fashion school and really like got caught up by all the, I think all the glitter and the gold and New York city living and how sophisticated it all felt in the beginning. And just coming from like from the Midwest to New York was such a culture shock. And so I I went really just to, like, learn how to do my own makeup. I was going to school to be a fashion stylist. My dream was to work with, like, celebrities and dress them and all that good stuff. And um, it, that part it really wasn't flowing the way I thought it would. And so I went just innocently to take a makeup class one evening to learn how to do my own makeup. And I was so inspired by the person who was at the front of the room. It was like he was doing everything with clothing that I wanted to do with makeup. So I just like was like, okay. And I was um, I was interested, but still like a little, I think, intimidated, especially because I didn't have makeup experience. But I remember that evening I took, I bought, I purchased everything that the instructor had. I had taken notes. And the fashion designer that I was actually working for at that particular um, time came over my house. I did her makeup, like, following step-by-step directions. And her daughter called me at 11 o'clock at night, and I thought it was like, something had happened with her mother. I had missed the phone call. I think I had went to sleep already. So when I woke up, I had this voice message that I was like trembling at first, like, oh my God, did something happen in between her leaving my apartment and her making it home? And her daughter said, oh my God, you made my mother look so incredibly beautiful, more beautiful than I've ever seen her look. She still looks like herself. 
she's like, you really have a gift. And I was like, I just took that as freaking confirmation that that's what I was supposed to be doing. And so, like, I just, I started taking makeup classes. I ended up dropping out of FIT, and I got hired at MAC a few months later. Like, it just all happened really, really fast. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then, you know, if, if you could, if you could, um, Jay, before we go into the next question, you know, you're, the, the important pieces to, um, to this, Leora, if you can share how you went on with, you know, to travel and then got to Goddess on the Go, just the beginnings of Absolutely. Goddess on the Go. So pe- sure. So people Absolutely. really yeah. get your journey. So people really got it. Sure. So, um, so, it, so, being in this, I kind of, I would kind of say new industry at the beginning, everything was like amazing and doing photo shoots and traveling and working with celebrities and fashion stuff. Like it was all a high for a very long time. And then probably about um, six years into it, kind of the glamour of it began to fade. And it was really, it became hard on my body. And I was working from, I would say, sometimes four in the morning to like midnight, like really long hours. And on the body, especially on the feminine body, that can really be a lot. And also during this entire time, I was I was going on a spiritual journey, and back then, like if you want to go back 15 and a half years ago, spirituality was not mainstream. Like if you were doing stuff like that, people thought you were in a cult, or you were weird if you did yoga, or like people looked at you like you had three eyes if you meditated. So during this time, like I had to keep a lot of that stuff to myself, even though it was like my food and my medicine. And of course, when something is helping you in your own life, like you want to shout it from the mountaintops and tell everybody about it. But it was like, oh my God, would like I be castrized? Like, would people like, would I get fired from jobs? Would clients look at me, you know, with the side eye? And so, I I kind of kept that to myself for a long time and it was I could feel how it was almost like like crushing my spirit and 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 making me sad and depressed and I went into a depression and I and I drank a whole lot even though I was doing this spiritual journey um because it was like you know, if you're only being certain parts of yourself, like, and you're not able to be your full authentic self, that can really crush our our inside. And so one day I was on a call with a really good girlfriend of mine who has an event planning company, and she was at the very beginning with her own event planning company, and she wanted to do, like, this makeup event, but I had this idea. Um, I'll also backtrack a little bit. Um, prior, about two years before starting Goddess on the Go, I had. Um, I also was very, very isolated, and so 
I deeply desired to have girlfriends in my life. And so I invited seven women in my apartment to be a part of the Scotta Circle. And we met for two years um, every single week. And during that time, like a lot of layers of shame and, you know, things that I think we all go through in life that we're really scared to be transparent about, all of those things came out, things around abuse and things about around alcohol that I felt really like I was holding on to a lot of guilt about those things began to come out and once those things not only came out and they were like held without judgment and I could feel like I could feel like I was in the circle where none of these women were judging me they were just like loving me for who I was all of my freaking messiness was like welcomed and that really healed a part of me and then the other I think a really dynamic part of sisterhood was that sometimes when we're having really um, great things in our life happening we dim our shine we're like okay I'm gonna like I'm going to give them, like, 50% of, like, the good stuff, but I don't want to turn it all the way up because then I might make them feel bad. And it and it wasn't like that in the sisterhood. It was like giving yourself permission to be outrageous and celebrate and actually, your, like, feel your emotions of joy and happiness that great things are happening in your life is such a gift to not only yourself but to others because you end up taking the people around you higher and so learning these lessons I knew that it had not only made such a a difference in my own life but it had made a difference in all of the other women's lives and it was and it, and it showed up not only in, like, you could feel the energy and the joy when you were around us, but also the results that were happening in our lives. And so on this phone call, going fast-forwarding back to that phone call, it was at 11 o'clock at night, and she wanted to do this makeup event, and I agreed to it. But then when I hung up the phone, I was like, this is not what I really want to do. And if I don't say what I really want to do right now in my life, like I'm going to let this opportunity pass me by. Even if she says no, like I still want to put it out here. And so I called her back and I said, listen, I have this idea called Goddess on the Go. It's a full day where we'll bring women together for movement that feels good in their bodies to um, to, to um, connect them with really like high vibing spiritual experts can can just give them practical tools in their lives around love and health and money and, and like just create a day where women can like slow down and be in sisterhood and be transparent and take wonderful care of themselves. And so she said, yes. And I was like, okay, in six months. And she's like, nope, we're going to do this in three months. And so that's how it all, that's kind of like the journey and like how it came from makeup to goddess on the go. Wow. Well, I know Jay has a question for you is, is, well, next that I don't want to, 
I've already taken one of his questions. Go ahead, Jay. Okay. Oh, Louis York. Pleasure to have you on the show. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm wondering, what did you hope to create with uh Got Us on the Go? Who was your first thought about creating this and what was it that you well you hope to create doing this? You know, I really know that there are so many women like me at that particular point in time who didn't have sisterhood, who go to work and come home and, you know, either take care of their families or they have a second business they're starting. And yet we give so much and never take the time to receive. So life is passing us by and we're missing out on actually living it. So I wanted to bring women back and represent them to their lives and to know that the journey is not about doing it all alone. Got it. Wow. Um, One thing I want to ask you is now that Goddess on the Go has been around for a while, what have you learned about yourself as a woman? And before before you answer that, Leora, I just want our audience to know that you have helped to launch some major well-known people as well as had them at your event. You know, um, and so we want to talk about, like, Latham Thomas, who was with Glow Maven. Uh, we want to talk about um, so many people that you've had on, you know, Abiola, who's a well-known life coach uh, worldwide. There's so many people you've had come to your events where they are lifted up and support other women. We have Anita Kopath coming up with Heart and Soul. Uh, So there is a lot of well-to-do, well-known women that come to Goddess on the Go. And Leora has also been very, very uh, shy about who her celebrity clients have been, from Rihanna to so many people. So I just wanted to put that out there. This is not just any woman you have on. This is a really real woman, very down to earth, who has really done a lot with her life, not only healing her own life, but healing those, healing others as well. I couldn't go without saying that, Leora. It's not about the name dropping, mm. but to let people know that you have worked, you've come through a journey and worked hard. Mm, thank you. You know. For sure. So now that God is... It is. It really is. Now that Goddess on the Go has been around for a while, what have you learned personally about yourself as a woman? Mm. I think, I think, and it's been almost like a very new thing. Um, I just stepped into forty, so the biggest lesson that I feel I'm just um, really present to right now is transparency. Um, like how incredibly important it is to tell people the real deal and not paint a picture of perfection, like that that there's a perfect life out there that exists and that you're perfect now because you're doing this work. You know, I think I think it's really important to have real conversations um, and talk about, um, the things that are really difficult to talk about right now, like racism and social injustice and um, the shame that women have about their bodies and the abuse that uh, so many of us have 
suffered in. I think it's important to talk about things that are happening in our own household challenges we've had personally and to just, like, not sugarcoat anything because that's the only way we're going to, like, create dialogue and give more and more women permission to be vulnerable and be seen and to see that that is actually a like one of the most beautiful um, and most strongest parts of ourselves. Wow. Well, you know, I know uh, Jay has another question for you, but, you know, uh, we could go in on that one, and I'm going to just leave it there for time's sake because we could really go in sure. on that one. Yes, we definitely can because there's so much to that. There's so much to that, whether you're a male or a female, about really telling it like it is and not what you want people to think. So many people build things up. You know, Jay and I know that every day, that people build themselves up to look a certain way when life is really just like this, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and, and I'll say one more thing before Jay comes on is that Jay and I, you know, people don't know what we've had to do. You know, they think because we know this one or that one. I mean, Leora, you've seen for yourself there are times when, like, to, you know, these last two days when, you know, you and I are supposed to do something and there's been delays and we have to look at time and Jay has had, you know, issues where, you know, getting the music out. I've had issues where finding the right producer for my song for years, you know, um, and it's easy for people to say, well, Jay's a producer, yet Jay and I wanted to embark on our own individual projects and get that out there. And a lot of people can't understand that, yet we still help each other and we're the best of friends and also the best in supporting each other with family and everything. So, um, Jan, I know you had a, a, another question, but I know that we could all definitely go into that. Go ahead, Jan. Oh, we sure can. Um, with, with, with God is on God, what have you learned about women in general? Um, I have learned that um, – we are so much. We have so much more in common than we think. We have different, you know, um, that um, that women, when we get connected with our bodies, like really deeply connected to the, the sensual sides, to our wild sides, to our anger, to our grief, to all of our emotions that we that we have been taught to suppress suppressed since we were little girls to be the good girls, right? That when we let those old ass, I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to curse, um, stories go, (laughs) that we actually begin to set ourselves free. And it is, it's so incredibly important for women to own their full range of emotions and welcome them in and and really learn and study the body because that is really where our truth and our wisdom lies and it is like the best compass that a woman can use is her body to guide her in the direction that um, really serve her out in the world. Yeah. You know, um, Jay and uh, Leora, I, I ask that you chime in, both chime in here on what I'm about to say. There's, there's two things, and uh, just for the sake of time, we have to bring David on at 105. But one of the things that, Leora, I want to say to everyone, you are a woman 
um, a, a woman who's in an interracial relationship, okay? And with the state of affairs, you know, I had another question for you, but I think it's important for our, our audience and for Jay and all of us to chime in. Um, and that is that um, it, being in an interracial relationship, raising a child, okay, in an interracial relationship, have you experienced any, um, like, resistance as a result of, you know, people seeing you with someone of color? Have you uh, experienced people making remarks about you with your daughter? Have you ever received any of those things? Um, I haven't received direct remarks, but I've definitely received looks on the street and um Yes, I received looks on the street at the playground. Um, it's real, and it at first it makes me so incredibly angry. Like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, what is the problem? You know, like, you know, and I want to like scream that my daughter is the kindest, most sweetest, most loving, and don't you dare. Don't you dare judge her. And then it makes me so sad that this still exists, that people are looking at the outside of somebody's skin color and automatically assuming the ways that my daughter or any person of color is. It just is like it, it, it angers me and it makes me sad at the exact, in the exact same moment. Jay, what are your thoughts about this? Well, you know, you know I, like I have uh, some beautiful daughters, and they're both two different ethnic uh, backgrounds and races. And I get the same thing. You know, people are not comfortable. They figure that a lot of times they don't even think it's my daughter. You know, you know them, girl. So um, it's really rough. It's really rough, you know, and I'm hoping that, you know, that we can change the tide and, and change things because um, we're, we're all people first. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So it's, really, it, it's, it's very difficult, and, it's, and people don't understand, and especially when you go to different regions, you know, like, you know, I just left Alabama, so the mindset down there is different than the mindset, as you say, in San Francisco and New York. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, speaking to that, you know, be, being at the uh, being at the UN every day and um, being immersed in so many different cultures, you, it's, you know, that's the one beautiful thing. I, I call it the playground because that's my playground. It's a place that I love to be because the people are just themselves. And it's one of the places where you yeah. can look in someone's face and they're from another country, but you don't really see it. You see what's on the agenda that you need to deal with in that country because that's most important at the time for the citizens of that particular country. And I'm not saying it may not be there, but it just doesn't play itself out because people really get the importance of human being to human being. Okay. Um, So I just, I just wanted to know you and Jay's thoughts and experiences about that, you know, and Jay, if you, before we go into the last question with Leora, can you just say a little bit more about what that culture shock was for you, like going from San Francisco to Alabama and then back to San Francisco again? Yeah, it was, um, you know, this, this, this good all over, 
but I noticed there everybody enjoys the division, you know? And that, and that was kind of strange for me that you enjoy your side, their side, this side, that side. So it was, it was almost like it was almost like, you know, how the world has different countries. It's like we're countries within countries. We're supposed to be the United States, but we're really the divided states in certain areas. And when that type of, I would say, when that is taught to the youth, it breathes, it breathes, it breathes. You, you, you say to yourself, you say, and, and, and Laura, you, you understand, people say, uh, well, I'm going to teach my kids. Well, teach them love. You know, don't keep teaching yeah. the same thing over and over and breathe and breathe and breathe. A lot of these people don't even know why they're mad. They're like, my mom, my mom said I should be mad. <laughs> so that's the that's the type of mentality that I was feeling down there. And in general, everybody's nice as long as you stay on your side. You, you, as long as you stay on your, you know, on your side of the wall. You know, we're cool. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You stay in your lane. But we all should have one lane. We should have unity. Yeah. So that's that's what I got. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, Queen Sugar, Queen Sugar speaks to that. I'll just leave that there. But, Leora, one of the last questions we have here, because we, we have a long list for you, but we're just going to go right straight to it. You sure. have a book coming out, okay? Yeah. You have a book coming out that talks about your life and everything. What yeah. do you want, What is this book about, as the last question, and what do you want people to gain from reading your book? Mm. Um, great question. So my book is a book of rituals and each ritual, each chapter is five, four to five rituals with four to five different experts. And it's rituals around self-love, money, uh, health, movement, beauty, And not just like outer beauty, it's also inner beauty and beauty in your home. And so at the beginning of each chapter, I discuss my own journey with each one of these things. And really, and talk about transparent, I'm transparent as can be in this book, because I really want women to get like this some of these things aren't easy to look at and for and 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 to give someone like just like the how to of where to begin and to not feel bad that they're not uh, at a different place in their life that they're at a perfect place and that these are tools that we can all use to um, empower ourselves in all different areas of our lives and so it's it really was created because for the women who lives in Butterwoohoo, Iowa, that can't come to a live time <laughs> ago, right? I wanted to give her something, right? I wanted to give her something um, that she could have that she really, like, my my true vision is for women to, like, gather in book clubs and gather in sisterhood and and do this book together like do these rituals together and have fun with them and have you know dialogue and and see just what like shifts and opens up in your life wow well you know what i want to ask of you leora because we really want to get into you about the relationships between men and women and everything if you would come back on either next week or the week after, we'd love to have you on if you'd love to come on because I think we really need to delve into this more with you and, and let everybody find out even more what Goddess on the Go is about. 
Would that be possible? I would love that. Oh, I think that would be a great idea. I would love to talk about that and go all the way in. Yeah. Yeah, because you know we really are dying to go all the way in. <laughs> this okay. is and no yeah, pun, I'm no so pun, no pun intended. Ahead first. Count and, me and, in. And, and Gail, I want to know about Jim next time she comes on about the gym, the gym. I want to know about that program because I'm excited about that too. Oh Absolutely. yeah, and that's a whole and uh, yeah, we're going to definitely get into that. But we're we're going to try our best. You know, when we say all the way in, folks, we don't mean the way you think it is. Because I just had a user say, oh, be careful of that. But, you know, like I said on this show, we're just real. So, hey. Um, yeah. But anyway, hey. we are. We thank you We thank you so much for being on with us. And, mm. um, you know, the work, the work you're doing with women and human trafficking and so many other things you and Anita are doing, we thank you for it, and we just look forward to really getting into this. Thank you again, Goddess Gale, and thank you again, Hero J, for having me on. I'm so incredibly grateful for both of you. Thank you so much. So if you want to find out about Goddess on the Go, please, Lior, before you leave, tell them where they can find out more about that. Sure. They can go to goddess-onthego.com and follow us on Instagram. We're Goddess on the Go 1. Okay, great. And when are you having your next event, uh, Goddess Leora? Uh, yes, our next event is going to be November 19th in New York City. It's a great way to, like, jump into your holidays by doing something really kind for yourself because we all know what it is like to have to deal with our families and the stress of traveling and all that good family dynamics. So really taking time out for yourself to set yourself up as you go into that week ahead. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. And, again, thank you for being on Goddess You're welcome. Thanks again, guys. really appreciate it. Okay, dear. Bye-bye. Bye. Jay, that was really amazing because we really didn't get a chance to go into the work Leora does what she and how she really connects with women. It's not just about an all-woman thing. Like, she is with her partner, and they do have a beautiful daughter, and there's just so much there that we could go into, and especially being in an interracial relationship. I'm also super excited, Jay, about our next guest. Are you excited? Are you ready to bring him on? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. Yeah, I know. Let's do this. So, audience, before we bring him on, I want to introduce David Cam. David Cam is an amazing man who has worked hard all his life, comes from a family of very hardworking people, um, indigenous to China, settled in Toronto, and works to make sure our climate is doing well. Okay? And um, that's one of the things that we want to have him come in and talk about. So without further ado, we're bringing on Mr. David Cam from Toronto. Mr. Cam, how are you? Uh, great. Actually, I'm in uh, Montreal, not Toronto. Oh, I'm sorry. So everyone, we, we made a mistake there. David is located in Montreal. So David, as we did with Leora, we asked the same of you. We have, you, know, you can imagine how many questions we have for you, David, okay? And right. what we just will ask of you is that you tailor the questions, I mean, the, the responses to the questions so that we don't get all of the good stuff 
too quickly so we can spread it out, okay? Is that okay with you? That's fine. That's fine, yes. Oh, okay. So, David, um, you know, we're going to, as we did with Leora, we're going to take it really back with you a little bit as, as well. So welcome to our show. And, David, I want to ask you, how, where did this all start? I mean, if you just give people a, a short bio of you, like I was listening to the Nowhere Men TV and how you came over to Canada with your family and how your dad tied a tire to himself and, you know, he wanted to get so far away from China so that he could have this kind of life that he wanted for himself and family. And I just want you to go into that a little bit, you know, before we really get into what this is about, because it, it, it's, it really resonates so deeply. Um, I think it's, it starts with uh, uh, my family from actually having the effects of uh, poverty and starvation that uh, really affected our family. Starts off with my actually uh, my oldest brother starving to death in uh, China uh, right after World War II because there was uh, not enough food to, to go around. Um, then after my father was so so hungry that he strapped a bicycle tire on himself and swam from uh, China to Macau, and that distance distance is extremely far and there's sharks in the ocean like that it is a really long distance and it took him two tries to get across the ocean uh, the first time he didn't make it the second time he did and then uh, coming by both to hong kong uh selling uh baskets weaving baskets on the streets of hong kong and mm-hmm. selling it uh, for uh making about a dollar a dollar hong kong per day and uh, my mom working as a a servant of an Indian family. And then uh, when they were in Hong Kong, they lived in a bird cage. They call it bird, literally bird cage. Because it's a, it's a single bed and a two-person step inside. And it's like a cage where all the belongings was inside. And But but the, I think God was uh, gave them a chance because they had a chance to have a visa to come to Canada like a lottery and uh, he uh, they came to Canada by accident the first time my father tried to go to the visa office they rejected the visa uh, they said uh, then afterwards he he was very disappointed but the second time he came back the next day and the visa officer said uh, I saw you before uh, yesterday uh, why are you coming back he said no I'm I'm new here. I didn't come. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, this is my first time here. I mean, you must be mistaken for the wrong person. And the uh, off, uh, officer tried to search the paper, but he had torn it up, so he couldn't find anything. So he let him through. So these are all like little miracles, you know. That uh, uh, so that's a bit of a survival, you know. Wow. And then. Uh, wow. Then my birth is actually when my father came here, they were given a five dollars. Uh, just a, uh, the Canadian government gave us five dollars for postage, so uh, they had to work. Then the, uh, the, uh, the next day, they found uh, we went to the Catholic mission, uh, Chinese Catholic mission, the church, 
and they found them work, so they worked the next day. And even during my birth, um, I was born halfway in a taxi. Is because my mom, uh, my dad couldn't get time off work, and she, my mom, uh, when the, I was uh, she was in labor, she, uh, she not knowing any speak any English, she ran on the street waving a taxi, and uh, and the taxi came and brought her to the hospital. So I was born into the world uh, rushed in a taxi. So that's how I came into the world. Wow. Wow. Well, Jay, I know you have a question for him. Well, yes, I do, Gil, but thank you so much, Gil, for getting him on our show. Uh, we got the panda on the show, you know, and um, I'm David, I'm, it's just an honor that you're on this show. I just want to know all the stuff. Cause everything you guys are doing is so wonderful and I just want to say thank you, Gail, for having this guy on the show. You know how adamant I am about what this guy is doing. Um, um, so I want to ask the pander. I want to ask him, um, tell us a little bit about Earth Dollar. Uh, the Earth Dollar came about is because we I was uh, helping the Native American people. They wanted to actually protect their land. There was a... Uh, Quebec government wanted to clear cut 97% of their forest, the national forest where they live, and keep 3% of the forest. And uh, they wanted to use that land after the clear cutting entire forest to put a stocket of game animals where people would go online of a computer and they could shoot these uh, animals in a in a in a in an enclosure like a video game where they would shoot the live animals. Uh, so, um, so I, I could not let that happen. Clear cutting 97% of forest, and then stocking of animals uh, would like a video game to shoot uh, animals for fun. You know, uh, p- people would pay online uh, money, and they could shoot the animals uh, use a, through their computer. Uh, these uh, like a hunting game. You know, so uh, so so I helped uh, them. Um, by protesting, blocking the roads, eventually taking them to court uh, to try to stop this. And uh, uh, the first time we brought them to court was unsuccessful, but the second time uh, was successful. Um, and that, that's how I developed a relationship with these uh, indigenous peoples. And then uh, this was a five-year uh, ongoing relationship where, where I was helping them protect the land. And eventually, it wasn't for business or anything, and eventually they asked me that, uh, David, you're very smart. Um, uh, please find a way to uh, protect the land, but also lift us out of poverty. And the first I refused that, you know, because I said, I'm only one person. I cannot do that. But after the third time, a different elder asked me, I, I said, I'm going to think about it. So during that time, I then had a vision. Uh, after uh, one of the elders, uh, Louisa Wati, passed away, on the day of her funeral, I had a vision uh, of the Tree of Life, which led to the creation of the Earth Dollar. That's what it does. It's actually it's a currency that restores the Mother Earth, the land, uh, and lifts them out of poverty at the same time. So it does two, it does two things at the same time. So that's how it came about. Wonderful. Well, Wonderful. you know, you know, um, you know, David, <clears throat> we met through a friend, and um, I'm so grateful to her, um, grateful to God for her. 
um, the work you do really resonates with me on such a personal level, you know, coming from a, a family that started from a farm in North Carolina and, you know, till the soil. And, and I knew what it was to till the soil and feed the chickens and, you know, coming from a very humble family like that to my family going to college, becoming educators and everything, and some of us just owning businesses. But no matter what, we came from nothing. We had nothing, okay? And being grateful for going from nothing to even just what we have today and, and knowing that that all came from the soil and, and knowing that I consider you a protector of the soil. That's how I see you. I consider you a protector of our planet. That's how I see you. Um, which is why I'm glad that we're stepping into a partnership together with you because of you're protecting us and humanity, and humanity doesn't even get it. And that's the power of what I'm, the next question I'm about to ask you. Like, humanity really doesn't get the power of people who are protectors such as yourself. Um, my, my, my father is full-blood Cherokee. He's not a part. He's not a mix or whatever. He's full-blood Cherokee. And for me, the indigenous community is one of the most important communities to me in my heart. So I want to know is what did you learn from the indigenous community that had you begin with climate in mind? Um, one thing as I learned from them is actually going back to my roots is that um, natural law is that uh, we do uh, us the, the Hakka tribe or the Hakka people we call ourselves did once upon a time live by natural law and the indigenous people live by the natural law and that's kind of a very important the natural law meaning that uh, including the protection of the earth uh, uh, and not to destroy it although some people uh, indigenous people are destroying the earth it's because they are not following the natural law Mainly, therefore, following the mentality of the uh, colonizers. You know, they have been become a European mindset. Uh, prior, when before when uh, Columbus came here to uh, America, they did not discover uh, America. Actually, <laughs> it's because they were there was already people here. Columbus came to rape, rape and pillage and. Uh, and to look for gold, and there wasn't a really, uh, we can't say, a discovery, because he, he, he murdered uh, millions of uh, indigenous people when they were here. And what, uh, what we found out, what uh, I discovered was, I realized that Europe had already uh, a mentality where they destroyed all their land and forests. Actually, they, before Columbus came, they had deforested all their entire land. It already was uh, in a point of destruction already, and they were coming here to uh, to destroy destroy more. It's got the mentality was uh, a monarch. Uh, also, the when Europe was entirely governed by monarchy, the the rule of a king, and they did not know, have any democracy here. But the, the indigenous people did have democracy. The Erka Confederacy uh, was the first democracy uh, system, and their great law of peace was uh, when the U.S. Uh, had the Declaration of Independence, they went to the Erka Confederacy to study what is a democracy, and they took, they, they basically they, they stole the, the entire 
constitution of the Iroquois Confederacy, including the words "We the People," to create the U.S. Constitution. You know, and uh, but they left out one important thing from the Constitution: is that inside the Iroquois Confederacy Constitution, uh, it states that the women are the actually the leaders of the Confederacy. So um, the U.S. Constitution they left that entire section out. For the for the women uh, who have the uh, matrilineal rules, so that is kind of what I learned. Wow. Well, um, I know Jay that you uh, have a question for him. Yes, Gil. This is a question that me and you both have. I was wondering, David, what's happening with our oceans, you know, with the coral bleaching and algae dying and all this stuff. Could you tell us more? Uh, yes, the oceans is what they, uh, when the temperature rises above a certain uh, uh, temperature, actually the, there's warming of the ocean and it causes the acidification of the ocean. Uh, so the acidification of the ocean also um, causes the imbalance uh, in the in the oceans, and also it changes the current. Um, the current is very important uh, regulating the climate. So um, if the current uh, actually there's underwater current uh, called uh, uh, El Nino, and uh, different uh, type of currents that the scientists have named that regulates the climate. But if these um, patterns of water are altered. Also, the, the temperature of the different uh, parts of the world are also altered. Uh, especially, uh, the one thing is that the bleaching of the coral reef means that uh, these, uh, the, uh, the coral reef is actually a living organism. It's a, it's a one living organism that has uh, existed for thousands of years. Uh, basically, right now, that organism is dying. Uh, it's actually a sing- uh, the coral reef itself is a single organism, and mm. so it is dying. Uh, um, and uh, the bleaching itself is a it's a very um, it's it's just a word that is uh, made up. But uh, so what does bleaching really mean? It's actually the it actually is causing the death of the organism, which is the coral reef itself. You know. Hmm. Wow. Wow. You know, um, David, can you just tell us about the oceans in general? Like what, just tell us more a little bit about that. What you, you know, what your knowledge is of the oceans that we need to be aware of. Uh, Right now, uh, the Pacific Ocean itself, um, uh, since the Fukushima uh, disaster that happened, most of the radiation have poisoned uh, most of the Pacific Ocean itself. So uh, most of the fishes that uh, and uh, marine animals have been uh, have radioactive poisoning uh, uh, in in the entire Pacific Ocean. So um, when we eat the seafood coming from the Pacific Ocean, uh, there's a higher rate of uh, radioactive particles in those uh, the the seafood that we eat now. Um, and uh, there also uh, there is uh, the very destructive practices, including uh, what they call uh, 
uh, trawling of the entire ocean. So what they do, they have uh, it's like a rake. They uh, uh, it's like a net with a rake. So they when they put these uh, things, they drag it. It's, uh, these rakes are miles long, and they when the ocean the, the ocean liners fish actually they scoop up every single thing in the ocean. So they can scrape the entire ocean, the bottom of the ocean. So these uh, parts of the ocean become dead zones. Everything uh, uh, from the from the top to the bottom of the ocean uh, to to be able to capture all the fish, um, the marine life, and uh, that's the re- really devastating uh, practice. Um, the other thing is that they're dumping um, uh, nuclear waste, like in drums, into the ocean because uh, these nuclear uh, waste they don't know where to put it. So uh, they have um, uh, have these uh, metal drums with nuclear waste, and they just dump it into the ocean. And eventually, these uh, drums corrode, and the radioactive particles also leak and uh, and affect uh, marine life. And uh, there there's there's also overfishing, the greed of uh, of these uh, com- competitions. So in the last hundred years, the size of the fish have gone down tremendously because um, uh, it's, it's, uh, they catch the biggest fish and they leave the smallest one, but it uh, causes um, the biodiversity changes because now all the smaller fish are breeding. Basically, um, imagine if you lived in a, in, a, in a city and you only let the pygmies, uh, people who are a little, uh, little bit shorter, live and you kill off all the tall people so when now we have very very small fishes while uh, when the, mm. the olden days there would be very very large fishes you know wow wow well one thing i would like to know um since we are going out of town time um the question from jay and i is tell us about your organization earth dollar okay and and what it does, and what and after that, uh, David, what the Earth Dollar is. Um, we we are uh, structured. What we there's two organizations we have structured. Uh, what we call um, direct democracy decentralized organization. That means uh, it means uh, uh, each member has a single vote to vote on the issues. Uh, regarding the earth dollar so we have the earth dollar association and the earth bank so uh, the earth dollar association is basically people deciding coming around the world to use the earth dollar deciding on how they want the currency to run uh, including the values uh, not using the earth dollar for war for destruction of mother earth and that it should uh, is used for only humanitarian purposes and the second thing is called the Earth Bank, which is a decentralized bank. This will be one of the fifth largest uh, banks in the world. Uh, but this is a, the stakeholders of the bank are the common people itself. So it's set up like a credit union, a global credit union, where people are part of it and, um, and then make the decisions themselves. These are the two main organizations that we have. And there's a third one called Mother Earth Trust, which actually right. uh, restore, works and restores and revitalizes the land. 
So uh, they uh, so these three organizations have different functions, but the the, uh, the the main platform of this is Mother Earth itself. It is a platform that we're we're using. Okay, you know one thing, um, Jay, that I wanted you to hear before we go, um, David. You tell of a story about a tree that was wrapped in plastic and the soil around it. Um, was almost to the point that you couldn't put any more soil around it in Nowhere Men on TV. Can you share a little bit about that with us as well? Would you share that story before you go? Uh, yeah, actually it wasn't um, like that. It was actually, the story is actually, the, I had a vision uh, uh, during the funeral of one of the elders, Louise Wawate, that was supposed, we were supposed to create a program for a sponsor, a tree program, but she died of a stroke. So I had a vision. Uh, I was walking down a concrete, concrete street called the Bank Street, uh, which is actually, that's where all the banks are. And I saw four trees, which is, well, the first tree was a black tree. Second tree was a um, yellow tree. The third tree was a white tree. And the fifth tree was a red tree, which is uh, was uprooted and uh, strapped to a black uh, lap post with plastic straps and was uprooted two feet off the ground. So the tree of life uh, is that um, people were trying to kill the tree of life, which means the government authority, because only government authority can uh, uproot a tree in a, in a public location. So um, it was a symbolic dream. Uh, and also they had paved uh, the, the soil that was supposed to be uh, giving the nutrition to the tree of life with cement. So they were trying to kill the future generation uh, in my vision. And that vision led me to the creation of the earth dollar to uh, replant the tree of life. Well, Jay, I know you had one last question for David before we said goodbye, and I hate saying goodbye to him. Oh, yes, I have one question. I wanted to know, what is the benefit of the Earth dollar? Yes, the Earth dollar is actually, it, it gains its value by restoring the Earth. So um, what's backing the Earth dollar is the trees, fresh water, the animals, and us backing the value of the Earth dollar. What it what it means is that if there's uh, a certain area of land called the World Heritage Sanctuary that's under our protection, has a million trees, if you plant another million trees, basically we double the wealth of the people uh, using the earth dollar. And if the water, uh, like a lake, is polluted, if we cleaned it up, it becomes a tremendous asset value. And uh, now it's back to the earth dollar. Everybody... Is wealthier by clean uh, by cleaning up the lake, restoring the oceans, um, uh, also uh, protecting the Antarctica from climate change. Actually, we're in the negotiations of uh, using the uh, uh, the entire continent uh, of uh, Antarctica to back the Earth dollars. Also, so that's kind of interesting. Also, and also the coral reefs can be used to back the Earth dollar where we. Uh, declared this zone uh, World Heritage Sanctuary under the protection so allows time to restore it uh, over time, you know, to, to heal itself. Like that. So that's what we're working on. Then also lift people out of poverty also 
because uh, it's, it's, it's a form of money that can be used anywhere in the world through credit cards and debit cards. Oh, wow. Wow. So, David, can you tell where people where they can find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, yes, our main website is called uh, earthdollar.org, O-R-G, uh, earthdollar.org. Thank you so much. And we want to thank Tina Michelle for the introduction. Um, wonderful woman. I've known her for many, many years. And um, David, looking forward to the new partnership that we're creating with you. It's going to be quite powerful. And um, we have a surprise for you. Um, we have a project, as you know, that's coming up with the UN, where music will be released with the UN. And um, that, that project's called the Never Alone Project. It's uh, the project that um, I've been working on for a while now. And proceeds of that are going to go to Earth Dollar. Wow, that's, uh, that's so amazing. Now. Thank you so much uh, for this. Um, actually, uh, a few days ago, we decided to create a record label um, uh, that will benefit uh, thousands of uh, artists. Also, uh, we, 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 the agreement just came in today, so that's a really good timing. Well, you know what, then we definitely need to talk because we're doing big projects with worldwide artists. Um, and uh yeah let's, we we'll we'll talk offline about that so this is this is great stuff this is really great stuff um and we're you know we're looking forward to that so um and you know we just had Emmanuel Jaw on who is the um child soldier from mm-hmm. South Sudan who does a lot of music he's he's a, he's in Canada now and um he does a lot of work uh in general um around the world and and the US I mean the UN um a UN partner as well. So with that said, David, we'll definitely be in communication um, to see how we create this. It sounds great. So I will talk with you offline with Jay. And for now, we just thank you for being on, Jay, as usual. It's always real. And um, we, we just thank you, David, for being on, and, and we hope you have a great day. And, and Jay and I are going to just do one last uh, – announcement, and then that's it. But thank you, David, for being on, and we'll definitely be in communication, as you know. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. All right. Bye-bye. And we hope you'll come back again, David, will you? Uh, Yes, yes. If you invite me, I'll come back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you're invited. Open invitation. You know, in the coming weeks, we will be inviting some guests back, and you will be one of them because the climate, you know, COP23 is coming up. It's a lot going right. on, so we'll definitely talk to you shortly, okay? Okay. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. You too, David. You too. Now, before we go, Jay and I are ready to rock. Everyone, the date is this tomorrow, literally, and we need you to vote for Category 11. Are you hearing me, folks? We need you to vote for Category 11, Best Instrumental Song. Jazz category, J. Logan spelled J-A-E-E E as in Logan. Let's say it again. J-A-E-E E as in Logan. Sunrider Project. I have sent emails out to all 6,000 people I know in the music industry. So we are asking you to get on board, to get down with the Grammys. And even if you're not with the Grammys, put it out there. Put it out there, folks. Okay? J. Logan. 
Sunrider Project, the Jay Logan Project. Can we say amen to that? And it's done. Jay, is there any last words you want to say? I'm just, oh, I'm just so glad because me and you have been grinding, and this is a good opportunity to move forward and bring what we have here on our show to more, more of the masses. So this is wonderful. And just, hey, just everybody, just give me your support. And, Gail, I've always had your support. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. So let's just do it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, we got to do it. And then starting Monday, you're going to hear about our project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So, so we're going to go out. We're going to go out with De- uh, Deja Vu by Jay Logan. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.